best place to start, of course, is at the beginning. Where is the beginning for fundraising? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakovich, director of the Fundraising School, and this is the first day from the Fundraising School. As you know, I often have a guest with me, but today I just want to talk with you peer-to-peer, colleague-to-colleague, about the most important fundamental first step involved with fundraising. Our founder, Dr. Henry Rosso, said the beginning of fundraising is the board of directors. Your board of directors needs to be at the foundation of everything you do with fundraising as an organization. And of course, it makes total sense. Your nonprofit is incorporated in a particular state. State government views the board of directors as ultimately responsible for the health and vitality and legal well-being of your nonprofit organization. So it only makes sense that those people have that ultimate responsibility are donors to the organization, are investors, if you will, in your nonprofit organization. So we really need to strive for 100% board giving. You know, I think about uh, in my community, I live with a gentleman, he's an executive of a car company and a particular car company that's quite successful across North America. What if I saw my neighbor drive into the neighborhood in a different kind of a car made by a different car company? I would think, hmm. He doesn't even drive the car of where he works. Or maybe uh, you know somebody who owns a restaurant or a coffee shop and they don't eat at their own restaurant. Or you know maybe somebody works at a bank, but they do their banking at some other bank. That would raise some questions, right? Well, that's like a board member who doesn't donate. Uh, so we need to encourage our board members to be donors. The best way to do that is upfront. Before people join our boards of directors, we want to make sure that we have clear expectations of all of their responsibilities, including making a charitable gift to the nonprofit organization. Now, a question that comes up often when we teach at the fundraising school is should I have a minimum gift, a, a minimum dollar amount uh, that I should ask of my board members? And you know, uh, that is for your individual nonprofit to decide. Uh, I will tell you uh, the landscape as we work with nonprofits of all shapes and sizes, Generally, the largest nonprofits tend to have that minimum amount. Most nonprofits, and again, about 75% of nonprofits in America have budgets under a million dollars. Most nonprofits are just saying, regardless of the amount, can you make a substantial gift, what substantial means to you as the individual board member, can you make that gift to our nonprofit organization? So again, uh, the board has ultimate responsibility for the well-being of the nonprofit. For that reason alone, we need our board members to donate. Second of all, we of course are going to be asking our board members to put together prospect lists. Who do they know uh, within their circles of influence who can become donors to our organization? Those can be individuals, maybe they know people in the foundation world, maybe they know people out in the business community, and of course if they're going to ask others to donate, uh, there's a, a moral responsibility and understanding that they would be donors themselves, right? I mean, how could they ask somebody else for a gift if they haven't provided a gift on their own. And so, again, we don't want this to be heavy-handed. We don't want to browbeat our, our board members. We want them to understand these positive, aspirational reasons on why they need to be involved as donors and as fundraisers for our nonprofit organizations. Now, one thing we hear about from board members is, well, are they asking me to join the board just because of my money, just because I can make a gift? And, you know, the key aspect here is, is help board members to understand all of their responsibilities. Our good friends at BoardSource, for example, they list out 10 different responsibilities for board members. Not one related to fundraising, that's on the list, 
but there are nine others. And you know, some of those uh, other responsibilities on the list are things like you know, really caring about the uh, cause of the nonprofit organization, making sure you're aligned with the values and the mission of the organization, helping design and oversee the strategy of the organization, not necessarily the day-to-day -day operations, but the big picture strategy. Uh, board members need to hire a great executive director or CEO and, and hold her or him accountable for results. By the way, the board then allows that top staff person to hire and lead the rest of the staff. Financial management and financial oversight, absolutely essential. And in fact, when we hear about challenges in the nonprofit sector, uh, many times we see the reason is that the board was not paying close attention to the finances. And I will tell you from personal experience, when you recruit people to your board, oftentimes uh, the financial expertise is something we have to be more intentional about. We can find people who are just passionate about our cause, passionate about why we exist as a nonprofit organization, but maybe when it comes to time for that financial report, it's not their first gift, their first strength. So, you know, make sure you're finding those folks who love to get into the financial numbers. Maybe they have the formal credentials like an MBA or a CPA, or, you know, they work in a business as a controller or something of that nature. But I've also uh, volunteered on boards where, uh, you know, the folks on the finance committee are people who are just great with their household budget. They love, they pay their bills. They love to make sure things are balanced at home. Uh, the numbers really interest them and motivate them. Uh, and they don't have that formal title or that formal degree, but they love to be involved with responsible financial management. So wherever people are with that financial strength, we need to make sure that they're on our boards. And so there are all these other responsibilities. Uh, their contact list, we hope, becomes our contact list as they introduce us to others. Uh, we're making sure that they're coming to our events, that they're coming to meetings, serving on committees. Certainly they help us find their replacement all of these responsibilities for being on a board of directors. And so now uh, those board members see that fundraising and donating to the nonprofit are just one of many activities and the charitable giving fits in to this broader landscape. So it's so important that we engage our boards. That's why Dr. Rosso said that our boards of directors are first and foremost where we start with fundraising because once we have that in place, now we have a solid pool of donors from our board and we have people say, where do I start finding new donors? Well, we start with our board. Who do they know? What are their relationships? And we can have some fun with this. Have a special board meeting and, and have some, some fun activities incorporated. Uh, have everybody develop their prospect list. You as a fundraiser then, in between the board meetings, we're meeting with our board members for many different reasons, checking in on them and how they're doing with their work, their family life, their hobbies, and so forth. We're giving them updates about the nonprofit organization. And then, of course, we're asking them about their prospect list. Hey, remember we had that meeting and, and you gave us these 10 or 15 prospects. Are there some right now that this is the right season to approach them or there are a particular program and that program is more relevant at this particular time. Is that who we should be talking to? And you know, ideally we want those board members to go with us to those meetings. That is the very best practice is to have a staff member and a board member go with us to meet with the prospective donor or the current donor if they have that relationship. But at the very least, we need that board member to make the first call, to send that first email. I know in my fundraising career, uh, if the board member at least made the call or sent the email, I almost always receive the meeting. If the board member doesn't make that call, doesn't place that email, I hardly ever receive the meeting, right? It's that important for that board member to open the door for us. 
So this is a topic that is white hot. When we teach at the fundraising school, just about every one of our courses involves at least one module on the role of the board and the importance of the board. And it's interesting when I teach, uh, and many of you have been in those classes with me, the, the class just kind of takes over, right? The, the, the amount of discussion and the amount of questions, the amount of concern, a little bit of angst, uh, people are talking about their boards. And at the fundraising school, we offer one-on-one -on -one meetings, uh, you know, before and after our courses, during lunch times, where you can meet with the instructor. And I would say in my experience, probably at least three-fourths of those meetings are people uh, talking to me about their board of directors. How can I get my board more engaged? How can I recruit the right people to my board? So for that reason, at the fundraising school, we actually now have created uh, a course on board engagement. And what we want to do to help you is provide two registrations for the price of one, because what we want you to do is bring a board member. I mean, you as a fundraiser can continue to be trained, and then you're going to bring that uh, information back to the board. And if your board's not engaged in fundraising, it's yet another reminder from you, the awesome fundraising staff person to them, but we think the message will be even more powerful to join you in that messaging when a board member is telling other board members, hey, I've learned some good information about our role in fundraising. Maybe it's not as complicated or as difficult as we thought that it was, and now we can work together as a board with our staff, including our fundraiser, to raise more money for this organization. So information about all of our courses, including the course on board engagement, are available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. You click down and we actually offer 17 different courses in 16 U.S. cities. You'll also see information about that course on board engagement and fundraising. We have quarterly webinars, we have these weekly podcasts, and of course we work with the best research team on planet Earth and all of their data and information are available on that website as well at philanthropy.iupui.edu. Our board members are wonderful people. They're volunteers. Uh, maybe some of them are retired and they're expressing themselves out in the public square through their volunteer activity. Uh, some of them are working full time and are taking time away from work to be with our nonprofits. Some of them are taking care of their households and yet uh, leave those household responsibilities to be with us. These are wonderful people who we need to cherish and appreciate and involve in our nonprofits with the right level of expectation that we communicate up front, including making a charitable gift and helping us fundraise from others. Because as Dr. Rosso said, the start of fundraising is our board of directors. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.